All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is 9.47. That is St. Louis and Charles Glenn holding that note. My goodness. With a national anthem before a St. Louis Blues game. Sunday's Super Bowl got a lot of people talking about the halftime show, of course, and the national anthem, when did we start singing it, and why is it so tied to sporting events? I get chills every time I hear Charles Glenn. <laughs> Joining us, University of Michigan musicology and American culture professor Mark Clegg. He wrote the book last year about the United States national anthem. It's Oh Say Can You Hear, a cultural biography of the Star-Spangled Banner. Professor, it's great to have you on KMOX. My pleasure. Let me uh, play another one for you before we talk. This one, of course, I believe is the most famous of all. And here it is. Whitney Houston, when I hear that one, I get chills also. I remember reading a long article about the origin and kind of how they got that one together. Anyway, Professor, it's great to have you on KMOX, and thanks again for joining us. Very interesting book, very interesting topic, I think. Uh, The anthem is adapted from a poem, but it took a long time until it became the national anthem, didn't it? Yeah, it was written in 1814 at the Battle of Baltimore, um, which was part of the War of 1812. Um, by a lawyer and amateur poet named Francis Scott Key. It's actually, you know, one of the misunderstandings I try to fix is that it's not a poem. It's always a lyric. Hmm. So he uh, Key imagined the words to fit a pre-existing melody. And this was a very popular form of songwriting in the 19th century in America about commenting on day-to-day life, about historic events. You would write new words to a well-known tune. So I've actually found over 600 sets of lyrics in American history that have been sung to the tune we know today as only the Star Spangled Banner. Was it a a British drinking song or it kind of has evolved to that in the UK? (laughs) So it's a a British club song for an amateur musician society called the Anacreontic Society. They, uh, you know, they certainly drank at their meetings. It was a men's club. They had a good time. And part of the energy, the sort of boisterous nature of the melody, you know, with those big high notes is to serve as a kind of advertisement, if you will, for the club, like, you know, come hang out with us. We have a good time and we listen to some music. But they, you know, they were like the symphony and string quartet set. So it's not a pub song. It's a club song. What were the first performances like and has it evolved over time? Yeah, it's changed a lot, actually. So one of the interesting things is I think everybody has in their mind, you know, I certainly do as 
as an American, I've heard this song like a million times. And, you know, I think there's a traditional version, but actually it's, it's, there's never been one way to sing the Star Spangled Banner. And I think that's part of what's cool about it is that you hear like the individual passion and commitment and devotion of this, the performance. I mean, that's what makes Whitney's version just blow you away, right? Is the sense of sincerity and power and passion that she brings to it. But we, so for example, in the 19th century, it wasn't a song that you sang as a crowd, as a group. It was a solo song, and it actually was longer because the the crowd would echo back the last lines. You know, say, does that Star Spangled Banner yet wave with line three in the home of the brave? It was sung twice for every verse. So when we started singing it as a group, we didn't bother to sing the uh, last two lines twice. So it has changed quite a bit over time. When did the anthem or how did the anthem become tied with sporting events? Because at this point, I feel like at a sporting event, if you didn't do the national anthem, people would get mad. But I'm sure it hasn't always been sung at sporting events or has it? No, great question. You're absolutely right. So in the 19th century, if you wanted to have uh, the Star Spangled Banner at a sporting event, you had to hire a live band, right? So you didn't have recording. And more importantly, you didn't have public address systems to broadcast and amplify the music for a whole stadium. So that doesn't start really until the 1920s. But the key moment is really World War One and World War Two. So in World War One, um, professional sports in the United States were declared a non-essential occupation. And if you were a sports star, you could get drafted into the military. Um, in World War II, the sports leagues got ahead of the game and they proclaimed, you know, baseball and football um, to be part of the sort of war for hearts and minds on the home front and made it super patriotic to have professional sports in part to protect the commercial interests of the sporting leagues. And so in World War II, the president declared that sports were, were essential for American morale and the sports teams were not subject to rationing or the draft. It's always known as a hard song to sing, or at least that's what is said. It can really be a, a big performance for an artist. Not everybody has done it well. Uh, I thought Chris Stapleton, I, although I, I love him to begin with, and I was just hoping that he would knock it out of the park, and he did uh, before the Super Bowl. Now, I've heard this. I haven't heard this as much, but there was a time when people wanted to replace the Star Spangled Banner with America the Beautiful. Is that still the case? I, I hear that often in talks, like if um, if people have an, another song they prefer, America the Beautiful is usually the one that comes up. Um, and there are a lot of different patriotic songs, of course, you know, America, Yankee Doodle, you know, God Bless America. I think that would all be options if we wanted to do that. You know, Lift Every Voice and Sing um, gets played a lot, like, like at the Super Bowl this year. But there's, I think the music, you know, the fact that it's so hard to sing, there's a kind of heroic effort it takes to sing our national anthem. And I think that's part of the energy and passion that it brings is that it is hard and it is, it's sort of this, this pinnacle moment for a singer that they really can bring home that power. And so, you know, I think America the Beautiful makes a great peacetime anthem, but when you really need people to, to step up and make a sacrifice for the country, when there's a crisis, we have to help each other. We have to sort of rally together. You know, historically, the Star Spangled Banner has been the song that, that inspires people to action. Well, speaking of America the Beautiful, um, I we, we discussed when, when people started doing the national anthem at sporting events. Now, as we saw at the Super Bowl, first we have the Black National Anthem, then we have America the Beautiful, or maybe it was the other way around, and then the Star Spangled Banner. It was literally about a half an hour of, of anthems. So, I don't know, the maybe a little overkill or is that just the Super Bowl? Well, I think that the attempt is really to make it more inclusive, right? Is to, to bring people in who love all three of those songs and to sort of make a, a sort of broader statement. And of course, as a musician, I love it, but 
you know, I, I do think it, you know, one of the things I sort of wish is that we could, you know, have a whole repertory of these songs and we'd, you know, maybe before a spoiling event, we could play America the Beautiful or Lift Every Voice and Sing and in, in that one ritual moment for the anthem. But I think at the Super Bowl, I mean, the Super Bowl is the, that's the showcase in American sports, right? So, I don't. I think you have to have the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with you. At the end of Stapleton's performance, by the way, you could hear the Chiefs fans Chiefs at the end of that. Yeah, right. Here, here in St. Louis, we do it here, and it's it's incredible when it happens when the Blues fans are on the road, and you can hear Blues, and it, you know you know that they're in the house. But do some people yeah, exactly. do some people see that as disrespectful, or is that is that just fun that they changed it at the end? You know, there there are a lot of um, individual sporting venues. I think where there are those those special um, sort of inside jokes, like the the Baltimore Orioles sing O for O say can you see? Yeah, and, yeah. And the, I think the Blackhawks, like they try to even just sort of make so much noise you can barely even hear the anthem sometimes. So, I I think those are generally seen as, you know, anthems are about bringing people together, and those moments do really sort of bring people together in a in a stadium. So. I don't. I've never really read, you know, complaints about that being disrespectful. In part because they're really local. Um, you tend. This was a really rare moment where you have the Chiefs at the Super Bowl, and so the whole world gets to hear them sing "Home of the Chiefs" at the end. Yeah, it was cool. I do find those first few notes, especially of the Star Spangled Banner, they just sort of hit me. And I don't know if it's because I'm used to it. I've grown up hearing it my whole life. You know, it just stirs emotions because sometimes when I hear other national anthems, especially at the Olympics or if we're playing a Canadian team or something, I just don't find other national anthems to be most of them to be quite as gripping as ours. Is that a, is that a bias or, you know, I feel like ours kind of has a hook or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do think it probably is a bias in a sense because, you know, this is part of our culture. It's part of our, community ritual. So we're, we've sort of learned that feeling of connection that comes from it. But I, I do think musically the, you know, the rhythm and the, the extra range, like all those high notes that make the, our anthem so hard to sing, that's part of its power. And that is unusual. I mean, most, you know, national anthems have a much more narrow range, what musicians would call like a fifth or an octave. The Star Spangled Banner is an octave and a half. It's a, it's a what we call it, twelfth. Um, between the lowest note and the highest note. And that's that's really unusual, and that's what makes it hard to sing. The, the key to singing the Star Spangled Banner, if you find yourself in that situation, is to start low so that when you get to that third phrase, you still have room for those high notes. Oh, good. Excellent advice. I, do, I totally agree. I do like when the Canadian teams play at Enterprise Center, and they do play O Canada. I, I, think, I love I, the Canadians. It's a great anthem. I just, I, I think ours is better. I think better. it's a great, well, ours is better, but it, it's a great <laughs> anthem. There's Charles Glenn once again. Hey, thank you very much for joining us. I love this topic. Mark Clegg, University of Michigan Musicology and American Culture Professor. Thanks for being with us on KMOX. My pleasure, Tom and Debbie. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 